0: Due to the ignorance of our host, parental discretion is advised.
1: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by From Scratch.
0: Justin, do you have a mouth? I do. Let me guess. Do you like to put good stuff in there? I love it. Well, let me tell you about this place, man. This place is called From Scratch. Yeah. And they make everything from bread, pasta, butter, ketchup. Everything is made from scratch. Tell me more. They are located at 62 East Gallivan Avenue, open six days a week.
1: From takeout? 801-961-9000. What is it?
0: That's 801 961
1: Online orders at fromscratchslc.com.
0: For a private reservation, email hlevano at netwasatch.com. And remember, if you want fresh made meals, no one's better than from scratch. Welcome back to the other side of the beehive. Dick and fart jokes. Two guys bullshit. Mama! Mama! A fucking cock fist.
1: Hey. We're either great or completely fucking <laughs> stupid. No, no, no. My feet are up, my legs are spread, and you're looking at the starfish. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, fuck it. Just blow load.
0: Apparently, I had the wrong idea about cock ring.
1: Let me take a shit on your chest, too.
0: I mean, I will be one of those chicks that is like an okay body and a busted face. Latin cum tastes like corchata.
1: Welcome, everybody.
0: Welcome back to the other side of the Beehive on this special occasion. We're we're recording on site with the one and only Mr. Pound (laughs) Cake,
2: Kid Stuffs. Hello.
0: How are you, sir? Good, good, good. First of all, we got to say it's an honor for us to be here. Absolute honor in, in the in the hole in the halls really? where a lot of our heroes have walked right, through. Right, right, yeah. Um, how are
3: you, first of all? I'm good, man. Just trying to get through the whole uh, COVID thing. Yeah, it's been brutal for all of us. Right, for everyone, it's been brutal for us too, man. It's been a it's been a butt whipping, but we're trying to pull it together and yeah. keep it going. But uh, never expected anything like this. Right, right. I don't think any of no one did. Right, right. But it's it's been brutal. But yeah we're piecing it back together we're trying to bring in great shows i think the audiences yeah. have enjoyed the right. shows yeah even though it's a little weird right 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 <laughs> i mean we can be honest the yeah. Are oh weird. yeah everything's weird
1: yeah we've uh, we've been at a few shows since you guys have you know been Adapt. through the struggle adapted right say yeah. and uh first and foremost we can't say how much we appreciate you yeah. struggling through and uh basically bringing some laugh to everybody we love coming here so it's well, uh, thanks, it's guys. been yeah.
0: absolutely outstanding first things first uh, one of the reasons why we're here one of the reasons why we 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 as a podcast we needed to sit down with you is once again our heroes whether it's shop Rogan Nikki Glacier Burke Chrysler Cal and they all talk highly about you really yeah. only hear and, good and, things and, and for us to be like wait that guy is just around the corner, right? <laughs> like, we can literally, like, I, I did not know that I, it was going to be this easy to just say, hey, can we please? And then you were kind, kind enough to say, you guys want to do it here? We're like, yes! Yeah. We have to. <laughs> it was outstanding. Because <laughs> the first time that we met, I said, no, we have a studio over here. We're not, like, a garage podcast, you know what I mean? Like, we're legit. And they like, okay. And then I went home and I thought about it. I'm like, wait, I should have had a VA.
2: Yeah. i like, it's just it's doing there. It's right. freaking awesome. Right. Yeah,
3: yeah. I don't mind that you do it here. And my schedule's a little weird, so it's kind of hard for me to go no. to other places. I spend a lot of time here at Wise Guys. Yeah. So this works out. Hopefully it works out for you guys. Oh, we appreciate oh, yeah. you awesome. having us. This the is audio's a- good. Is the audio good? Is the
1: audio good? It's amazing. <laughs> this is a dream come true, I'm being honest. As far as a podcast, uh, we, uh, we're kind of influenced by comedians. And uh, to be sitting here with, especially we were, he said, we only hear good stuff from whoever yeah. it is. N- nobody's had anything but amazing stuff to say about you, and I think that's, that's, a, that's awesome.
3: Well, I'll tell you what. We, we do try hard, and we've been doing it a long time. And you know, I toured for a long time, so I kind of know what I like and what I don't like and what I, I try to put myself in the position of these comics since I've done my share of comedy. And right. I, I feel like I know what they want for the most part, and we try to deliver it. So even before... I decided to open a comedy club. I I knew in my mind what I liked and what I didn't like. I tried to deliver that and yeah. then hopefully it's well received by the talent. Right. And if you get the talent, then you're yeah. in business. Right. And it takes a long time to get to the point where there's trust with the comedians right. and with the different agents and the managers and the comedians that have even been here, but the chit-chat that goes on. You really have to build that. Right. And and respect that. You know, one thing that I do that um, a lot of times is, you know, a lot of comics, well, 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 there's people that go, well, is he nice? Is this person nice? Like, Yeah, they're all nice. (laughs) Honestly, everybody's nice. But everybody's got their own thing. When they come here, they may have just left L.A. or New York or wherever they live, and there may be things going on in their lives like we all have. So if they come here and they're not... Ready to slap everyone on the back and say, how you doing? I understand that. I get that because they're they're just like us. I think a lot of times when you see someone like that, you think, oh, they should be grateful to be here. It's like, well, maybe – I'll give you an example. Dice. Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) We had Dice
3: here. It was years ago, years ago. I had him here two different times. And I got to tell you, nice as can be, great, legend as we all know. And there were a couple people that said – To me, They go, well, he doesn't seem, you know, that happy. He doesn't seem like he's, like he even wants to do this. I go, look, man, if I used to play Madison Square Garden, like sell it out way before Burr and these guys, you know, and this guy's legendary when he was selling out for multiple nights and now he's here in West Valley because that was the location at the time, performing at Wise Guys, I'd be a little... I'd be trying to work that out, too. Right. I, I would be trying to figure out, mm-hmm. man, what happened? Yeah. What's going on? Right. Not that he didn't enjoy himself, and not that we didn't enjoy having him, because yeah. we did. But sometimes there are people that go, well, what's his problem? Well, I'll tell you what his right. problem could be.
2: Yeah. It
3: could be that he used to spell spells spell out Madison Square yeah. Garden, and now he's... Here on a Wednesday <laughs> right. night, yeah, absolutely. To Life is what happens. <laughs> that's exactly right? right. And he, and honest to goodness, he could not have been nicer, and he was funny as can be. Yeah. Wow. Oh, great
0: well, let me let me take it back a little bit. We um, were born in South Carolina, um, 1960.
3: Yeah, I'm old.
0: January 12th. That's which is my, my mother's birthday, th- by the way. That's your mother's. That's my mother's birthday. She's uh, from '63 though. Okay,
3: my birthday, and it's also the birthday of Howard Stern. Oh wow! It's the birthday of uh Zach De La Roca from, from uh, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. yeah, Rosa, right? Rush Limbaugh. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> and Kirsty Alley. Yeah, oh, I'm, right, my I'm quite be the, the, in the group <laughs> there, <laughs> yeah, right? Bro, I know it's weird. I just remember all the people who were born this day. Yeah, those me. calendars that has yeah. famous people's birthday? Actually, I looked it up. It's no, I but I did. I looked it up. I wanted to find out. well... Who shares my birthday so, right
0: so let's 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 get a little bit into what what baked the cake okay the pound cake, okay right? All um, right. so you started in uh, South Carolina like I said and you were in uh, selling peepholes yeah. we love that story door, by door door the way to door, <laughs> which is basically like selling puppies to the Humane Society yeah. am I right well
3: I didn't, I didn't do that in South Carolina I was born in South Carolina raised in South Carolina but I did the peepholes in California
0: oh okay yeah
3: peepholes, and I tell you, it's a great way to make dough, because because <laughs> I was like in this weird part of my life, and I just wanted to hustle some cash, right. and in California, you, you know, there's different things you can do if you're aggressive to make some money. That's legal, right? right. You're not going to get right. in trouble, <laughs> so I would get these, like buy a bag of, like, those uh, peepholes that Screwed you get it right? yeah they screw right. one on each side of the door <laughs> and I got a bit and I got a a, a, a drill not the cordless because this is back when they had cords <laughs> so I had an extension cord I had my drill so I you try
0: to, so you try to sell it but you're like hey do you got someone I can plug yes, this like, in well, I, <laughs> have, yeah,
3: I would have it right with me I'd say hey how you doing I would knock on the door and I'd say hey you want a peephole they go ah, I no. so you know if you had a peephole you'd know not to answer the door and I would <laughs> right. say that and generally oh God, they would right. laugh not all the time but gen- and they would go yes yeah, it's 25 bucks let's go i can do it right now be done in five minutes yeah so that's what i did and i would try to sell six a day that was like my goal so i could walk around with 150 bucks in my pocket right. i was younger than i am now but
0: yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, that was that was the deal so how disappointed were you when you walked up to the door y'all see the people you son of a bitch ah, well, i <laughs> tell you what happened one time i was uh in this neighborhood. This was in Riverside, California. If you've been down there. It was in Riverside, and it was kind of a fancy house. They had like the two doors, you know, not just the one door like most of us have at our house, but the big double doors. And this lady said, yeah, let's do it. And I took the drill and put it in the door, and it split the whole door. Oh, no. So I I pressed reverse, and I got it. I didn't say a thing. I just (laughs) laughed. Because it... Oh, <laughs> oh, man. Well,
0: so being the fifth or seven kids, if I'm not mistaken, yep. was there uh, any pressure on you trying to be somebody? Was I'm guessing you have uh, five older uh, or four older yeah. uh, siblings, plus your father was in the military. Is that yeah, what it yeah. is? Uh-huh. Was there any pressure of you for you to say, I don't know how young you were when you decided to be a comedian, but was there a pressure for you to be like, I got to be somebody, do something
3: with, well, with my life? Well, you know, uh, our family, were workers, man. My family worked, my mom worked, my dad worked. They, I mean, they work, they, they were just workers. We came from a town called Biddensville, South Carolina, which is tiny, uh, kind of a mill town. That's where we started, my dad got in the Air Force and we traveled around a little bit, but there were nine of us in the family, and it was difficult, but no one was lazy. Everybody was a yeah. worker. So I learned to work hard when I was young. As far as doing comedy, when I was in high school, I kind of, I enjoyed comedy, mm-hmm. and I was a fan of comedy, but I wasn't doing comedy, but I was kind of out, like if there were events at school, I was the guy that would get the laugh generally, right. hopefully, and I, I was, I, I ended up being student body president, all that kind of stuff, so I ended up speaking a lot, and I tried to interject humor in it, so that's my first taste of kind of getting a laugh, mm-hmm. but at that point, there was no consideration at all that I right. would be even in this business, even at this part. Wow. I mean, comedy, anything like that. Mm. So that didn't come till a little bit later on. I, where it, where it kind of got me a little bit is I was uh, at BYU for one semester. So yeah. I lived in That's South right. Carolina. <laughs> I came out to BYU, and there was a talent contest, mm. and I was broke. Had you was, ever been to Utah before? Uh, yeah, I'd been a couple times, but there was a talent contest, and I was broke as can be, man. <laughs> so I needed some dough, and there was prize money. Right? So I thought, okay, I'm going to go up there. So I went up and I did impressions. Oh, so wow. I did an impression of, this was back, you know, yeah, yeah. early, oh, this was like 79,
2: before wow. you guys were born, <laughs> probably. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I was doing impressions
3: of like Muhammad Ali and Richard Nixon and, uh, and that type, because they were topical yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right now, you'd roll your eyes and say, you don't know who they are. <laughs> but I did that and I got second place. Wow. And I want some cash. Enough gas yeah. money to get back home? Well, no, I, I was like, okay, this, this is all you right. This could be something. And it, there was so that was like an endorsement, kind mm-hmm. of, where, hey, this guy's not horrible. He was better than the other. And it wasn't a comedy competition. It was right. talent. So there were piano players and singers, and they were very good. But I somehow...
1: A guy spinning 30 plates, y'all. Yeah. Son of a bitch. I going to beat
0: that? <laughs> so, also... um, because I, you know, I did some Google on you. I've been watching you sleep, too. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Uh, f- for a regular person, you became a, a
3: stockbroker. Yeah.
0: And for a regular person, somebody would say, well, I've made it, right? Like, I'm done. Right. But then there was something in you that just went, you know, this is just not enough.
3: Well, I'll th- you want the stockbroker story? Yeah, yeah sure. a, absolutely. We okay. have as
0: much time as you have. First
3: of all, I did, you know, I went to BYU. I went one semester and I bailed. And I just couldn't handle the structure. I wish I had. I will say that, <laughs> right. and I want my kids to. But for me personally, I just couldn't just get into it like I was supposed to get into it, or like I should have. Mm-hmm. But what happened a few years later? This is stupid, by the way. I watched the movie Wall Street, the <laughs> oh, one, there you go. the one with Michael Douglas right, and Charlie yeah, yeah, Sheep. Yeah. the original. I went, man, I love that. All that greed is good. I want everyone- to wear suspenders at work. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It was. It was <laughs> kind of evil in a yeah. weird way, but it was a great movie. And I thought, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a stockbroker. So uh, I was living at the time in Southern California and I went to three different brokerage firms. And I walked in. I said, I'd like to speak to the manager. I, I want a, a job. Yeah. And you're like, what? So I interviewed with three different firms mm-hmm. and at the time it was uh, Payne Weber, Dean Witter, and Merrill Lynch. Those were the three right. firms and I got offered positions with all three of them. Yeah. I just went in and schmoozed my way into it. So that's how I ended up being a stockbroker. Mm-hmm. I went in with gall and probably overly cocky, thinking, you know what, I can do this, and I got hired, and I did it. And it was kind of amazing, but I left that to do stand up. Yeah. But I was kind of moonlighting, trying okay. stand up, checking it out lurking. Right. So you're oh.
0: basically like us. We're like, no, we, we, we do the podcast, but we still have our nine yeah. to five. Be- <laughs> but
3: you know what? I mean, a lot of people that get into comedy, they're comedy fans, maybe, or they've watched a lot of comedy. And so what I did, I was living in Southern California and I would go to the comedy store at the time. Wow. And the way they did their shows back then, it started at eight and went till two in the morning. Right. And every right. 15 minutes they had a different comedian yeah. on. So as I was contemplating Whether or not to even try comedy, I would go and I would watch comedian after comedian after comedian. And you would see, you know, Robin Williams, Jim Carrey, Arsenio Hall, um, Pauly would be there. Just a a wide variety of comedians and some that you'd never even hear from now, but they were funny. Right. And I watched them and I kind of sized it up. And thought, and I think a lot of people do this as they con- contemplate being a comedian. They watch a comedian, they go, well, "I can do that," and then right. they watch another comedian, they go, "I can't even hold it. Right. I can't do that." <laughs> See, that <music's laughs> but in your mind, you think you you can hold. You know, okay, like I can't do it now, but I could probably do it at some point. Right. So that's what I was. That's yeah. how I came up with the the idea that maybe I could pull it off and maybe I could do it yep. but I did that for probably 6 months huh and watched comedy before I gave it a real shot in LA
1: right wow hmm. during the heyday too the comedy store
3: um well, it wasn't a heyday for me but yeah I, I know <laughs> what you mean, right <laughs> <laughs> it was a heyday for other people <laughs> wow but yeah, it was I fun can... and I did try it and it went okay and so I left being a stockbroker, and I was with Payne Webber yeah. at the time. I left that and then just dug in yeah. and worked really, really hard yeah. uh, on stand-up, working wow. on just doing gigs all over L.A., and then eventually ending up in one, doing one-nighters and mm-hmm. horrible gigs all over the country, <laughs> up into Canada, right. everywhere.
0: So um, you also, I didn't know this, but you also had a radio show.
3: Yeah. Oh, two, no. actually, as a matter yeah, of fact, right? Yeah, two. At one time, I had two at the same time, which is weird. But yeah, I had I did a uh, so so I did a morning show and a midday show in the same building. So I did stub show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the stub show was my uh, morning morning show on the Eagle. And the middays, I got hired to work for ESPN Seven Hundred. Yeah. So I had my own midday sports show. So I had like an hour between the two. That was a lot of radio, but I liked it. It was fun, man. I enjoyed it, man
0: but it's still but it's the comedy still was still that thing that got you away from it or, or would you still have it if it was if you still was your do choice? radio you mean no would you still have it would you still do it if it was a choice your radio? choice yeah
3: uh i got a call this week about going back on the air really, really? yes <laughs> i did I, I don't know that i'll do it because the money is horrific right <laughs> like for a while when i was on the radio that for just a minute the money was nuts not not as nuts as it was back in the day, but it was pretty good. Right. And then, you know, everything's changed. There's this stuff. There's right. podcasts. Yeah. Yep. There's, yes. there's options. I mean, radio. If you're gonna do radio, I think the only radio that would be satisfying to me would be one where I can talk. So right. that would be sports. That would right. be news or talk radio. Yeah. Um, or a morning show. But even morning shows, they're cutting it way back. The content. And they want to play a lot of music. So it became less satisfying to me as it went along. Right. Just because I, I couldn't do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Right. It wasn't my station, so it wasn't my choice. Right. But I, I wanted to do things a little differently. And on, yeah.
1: on that note, have you ever thought about doing a podcast?
3: I had one. And I, I told my wife this week that I wish I had kept going. And how long have you guys been doing it?
1: Uh, a year and a half. This is episode what eighty two. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's
3: pretty good. You know, I think part of the key to the whole thing with podcasts is just sticking to it. It's not easy to. Yeah, we
0: haven't we haven't missed one. have missed that right? Yeah. 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 Who,
3: who's the Who's the boss? Like not, not the boss, but who who pushes and says no? We need to get this done. Is there one person? It, it or comes you guys down equal? to both of us. You know what? We both.
1: It was an idea that we bullshitted about watching fights at my house, right? A, a love for podcasts and comedy and. Then it was like, oh, I got an idea? And <laughs> it just started that way. And it just built and built
0: and built yeah. and
1: here we are now. What we
0: do what we do have done, uh, luckily for us that we've been in the same page is we we have decided to grow slowly but also at a fast pace. Like right. we in less than a year we had a studio, we got out of away from his house. We did it in my basement
1: for a while, that didn't work did out. We're in <laughs> a
3: space over here.
0: Yeah, just uh, out behind the
1: gateway. You uh, know,
0: Utah Arts Alliance.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: That's we're at.
1: a we're Never
3: room out of there. And this is where this equipment normally is. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. I should have No, it's imagine. okay. No,
1: it's, <laughs> no, it's this great. This is awesome. This is
0: this awesome. is, like, this is again to be here. Yeah, yeah. This
1: is great. Oh, okay, well that's um. cool.
3: I'm glad. So uh, I, back to your question. Yeah, I had one and I did it and it was actually going okay, but man, keeping it going. Is one of the most difficult things, yeah. and that's where I dropped the ball. I do believe if I had gutted it out, I, I would be uh, more pleased than I am now. Yeah, right? But we'll, I didn't. we'll be your
0: psychics or whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Whether so it's do. radio, <laughs> podcast, it yeah. to be. Your, well, I, can, uh,
3: I can. even shine shoes. <laughs> if I'm yeah. Being completely honest, <laughs> but, man, I was. I was because I had the country station, and I was traveling to Nashville and interviewing all these people. Man, I've I've had on, like on my podcast and on my show on the radio. I would have like Garth Brooks and Toby Keith and then I would have tons of comics on the show and but it that's, was, that's what I was going to say it was pretty cool yeah I that's can that's what imagine. I was going to say you,
0: you will kill it mm-hmm, because right. of the position you're in you know then what I then mean? I
3: bailed <laughs> I should have <laughs> bailed well, like there's certain things I don't thing. bail on. I've, I mean, obviously, I'm doing this, right? I've sure. right. this a long time. We do time. appreciate it, though. But the pod, but, but my own podcast yeah. to, to sustain that was difficult for me. I couldn't. Right. Good for you guys. That's um, awesome.
0: Appreciate it. What would yeah. you call it? The pound cost? No, Subscast. <laughs> that's it. Subscast. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I got a
3: logo and everything. I just
0: <laughs> I just need the. So you uh, started it, or you never? Even...
3: Oh no, I started it and oh. I did it. Matter of fact, at one point, believe it or not, uh, it was airing on Sirius XM. Oh wow! Wow! On the uh, now, because it was a country station that I was on, it was on the, uh, uh, what's the one with Larry the Cable Guy and Jeff Foxworthy? There's like it's uh, blue collar. Yeah, blue collar radio. Yeah, yeah. It was on that, so it was actually airing on. So I had momentum, right? And then I just blew it. My fault. (laughs) I blew it. I should have. Well, Kept you, going. You but seem I like you got a lot going on. with <laughs> yeah, so you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'll so. tell you this: I loved it so much. Like even when the guy called about going back on radio, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna hear him out, right? Because I enjoyed it, yeah. right? That's something that if there's something you really like, you'll try to find time for mm-hmm. it, right. yes, you can, like right. you guys are doing this. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of how I feel about maybe getting back into radio. But if the money is Embarrassing, which it probably would be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> then the odds of me doing it, and I'm not saying I'm worth more. I'm just telling you that's where the market is yeah, now. It's right. just not. Well,
0: if we, know, right. if we notice that he does it doesn't happen, we're like, well, they couldn't pay him enough. <laughs> well, and once again,
3: I'm not even asking for more, much money because yeah. I, I would like to do it. Yeah, make if, it worth
0: my time.
1: Yeah, but if I had right. a
3: producer, then maybe I could double dip and do the podcast and do radio ah, at the same yeah. time. Okay. And that's one thing that I was well, that's, doing. That's that, that, I that helped me.
0: We have, uh, I think, uh, 106.7. They're doing the radio show and they're they basically building start, a they, podcast. They're a podcast too. Same with uh, 101.1 or whatever it yeah. is, the rock okay. station. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah. still have the same. Those so guys they, are good they guys. do it, yeah. yeah. Which I was I was told to follow it, but then I'm like, well, I just heard this on the radio to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do both But
3: sometimes it's you just miss no stuff And you no want to hear it again Or you want to The beauty part of the podcast time, so. Get to it when you can Yeah Right
0: So let me take you back Into uh, comedy a little bit Has comedy evolved In these uh, things that I know you're a clean comic But have you noticed That uh, comedy has changed A little Because of the stuff That you can't say anymore
3: Um, I will tell you it, It's weird right now Yeah And by the way, I work clean by choice, and it's not like this conscious thing, other than, I will say this, I've got kids, and I want my kids to be able to see me perform, and and this is not to, look, obviously, look at who I book, I book Oh, yeah, for sure. across the board, so it's not like we I feel here like to I'm... See Mark yeah, Norman we and, exactly. Norman. <laughs> and I love Mark, and I love all these yeah. guys. But I'm just telling you, from my personal where I am, and my sensibility, that works for me. I will tell you this, I don't have to, no matter what audience I perform for, I don't have to change any of my style. Right. I don't have right. to go, oh boy, what am I going to do? Right. Because I'm already doing what I'm going to do. Yeah. That doesn't make me better than anyone else. I'm just saying, for me, that's what isn't it more challenging to be a clean comic? Um, I think it's just challenging being funny. Right? I, mean, I, I wouldn't even want to break it in that because there's. Clean comics or people that are cleaner and they're really really funny and well, then there's other the, comics that are just clean, great. The, the, you know the,
0: the clean comics that I know they're they're beasts. I mean the, you right. got Seinfeld, you got uh,
3: oh like Gaffigan, uh, the, yeah, Gaffigan Gaffin, and
0: What's that other guy? The Italian guy that was uh, oh they,
3: Maniscalco? Uh, Maniscalco. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah Maniscalco. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it. it's just you know it's just I mean,
3: but it's it's different strokes for different folks. But back to your question, it, it's tougher now. I think. Um, People are weird now. Like, they they get offended, and now they have a voice. And I don't think everyone should have a voice, to be honest right. with you. Right. Um, they're on Twitter or whatever, and they want to destroy you or question or try to tag your joke or whatever they want to do. And um, I, don't, I, I don't like it at all because you're being second-guessed on everything. Now, I don't mind being... Second-guessed by the audience, and what I when I'm performing, and what I say by that is not them saying anything. I can tell, I can tell by the silence that maybe I need to switch up what I'm doing, or rewrite the joke, or get rid of the joke, or whatever it is. But right now things are weird. Things are too weird. (laughs) It's it's disturbing. Everyone's out to get yeah, and um, some of it's probably deserved. Yeah, right. And other is not so at all. And it makes it very difficult. You know, when Mark was here this past couple of weeks ago, Mark Norman, we we talked a lot about that because oh, he's funny as can be, as yeah. funny as anyone out there, but he has some stuff and he'll 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 talk about absolutely yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah well, and we of course if you do podcast, that so. <laughs> Yeah, and if you do that, you're gonna have someone that's gonna that it that's gonna it's going to rub them the wrong way or set them off mm-hmm. or whatever, and that's fine, but we don't need to hear that you're set off about don't, it. Yeah. Don't, you li- like don't
1: it, listen to it then. Well, yeah, right? or don't, yeah,
3: but you don't have to try to destroy someone or muzzle someone because you did not like a joke, right. and that's ridiculous, right. and I have situations, and it doesn't happen often, but situations here when someone is offended by a joke, mm. and then they... Want to yell at someone, so of course I'm the one that they want to yell yeah. at here at Wise Guys, and my answer for them is to them is, little well, different strokes for different folks. Right. This is what they do. Mm-hmm. It's easy to research every comedian because you YouTube's pay. there, and and if you know if they gripe or, or too much, I just give them their money back.
2: Yeah. Right.
3: Because comedy unfortunately isn't for everybody some people have no sense of humor or they don't want to have a sense of humor and that's fine but it's truly not for everyone so I'm the guy that has to take the bullet out here when a comedian crosses the line according to the customer not my line but whatever their line happens to be
0: right tagging along with that what you just said comedy is not for everybody can a person who wants to be a comedian can do it is this something you're born with? Is this something you learn? Is the, is the funny guy in the group, is he able to do?
3: No. No. That, that doesn't always work that okay. way. I mean, I happen to be the funny guy at my school, but that is, I mean, obviously, look, I'm selling nachos now, so <laughs> what do I know? But, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of comedy here over the years, Wise Guy, and I will never tell a comedian, don't do it, don't try it, don't continue, don't pursue it because right. there are a good number of comedians that i saw when they first started and in my mind i'm like man this is going to be <laughs> if you've got this out it's going to be rough because and then they find their voice then it clicks and then they get going so i would never tell someone don't do this or you can't do this you right. i mean if they do something horrible on stage that's one thing uh but I'm talking about material wise I give people the benefit of the doubt because it does take a while and it may never manifest itself they may may never get funny right but who's it for me to say especially at open mics Mm -hmm. that someone isn't ever going to make it or they should stop even trying to do it right right so
0: what kind of uh, what kind of talk did you have with Norman or is it, is it just every every comedian that comes here says hey just you know these are like a kind of a mellow audience or No, I, I, he
3: does this, he does this thing. We were just talking in general terms okay. because we have a lot of friends that have uh, you know or that are they they get in trouble from time to time for different things and we kind of talk about that. Yeah. subject. So
1: have, have you ever been starstruck? By anybody that you've had, either in here
3: or met. I'll tell you, the most starstruck I've been here was Colin Quinn. Wow, yeah. I'll tell you. He's, like, he's my favorite comedian. And um, so when I finally was able to have him here, I was starstruck. And I've had more famous people here than him. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you had to say, who's more famous, you know, George Lopez or John Mulaney or... Kevin Hart We yeah. had Kevin Hart At West Valley We've had some Big name comics But for me Colin Quinn Yeah I love him He's so funny Right And um, he's just My cup of tea yeah. Nice Very nice Oh wow
1: So um, I was starstruck
3: so you,
0: <laughs> so you still do I I thought For the longest time I thought that you Because you're Taking care of three The three locations I thought you don't do A stand up anymore and then I saw you was a couple weeks ago. You were in Ogden. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, if I didn't live so far, I yeah, <laughs> I would go and see you.
3: Yeah, I still do it. I don't do it as much as I'd like, and or as often as I'd like, but I love it. Now. How
0: do you? How do you? Uh, what's What's your process? Do you, do you think of a, of a bit and you write it down, or you just you work it in your head before you write it down?
3: Well. A few weeks ago when I did headline, which it had been a long time since I headlined, I truly could not f- remember my lame jokes. I couldn't <laughs> remember anything, like all the garbage that I have. I couldn't remember it. So that put me in a position of, wow, I got a lot, to, I got a lot of time to fill. So I would say probably 90% was off the top. Of my head mm. I'm not saying it was all great but i 'm saying <laughs> it was really spontaneous there were things there's fire in my belly about different things that are going on globally and, and nationally, I, and I addressed many of those items so that that 's how I write if there's something that 's top of mind for me and it could be happy, it could be sad it could be something that makes me angry mm-hmm. or whatever that is uh, that 's where I generally go i 'm not a guy with uh, a set. Uh, set like mm-hmm. a, like a, a fixed type of a set I never have been I probably should have yeah. looking back but mm-hmm. i I'm not that guy and there's other people that are and they're locked in and they've had tons of success with it right. but that's just not me as huh.
0: uh, a as, uh, as we do the podcast I was thinking about this today because we were coming and talk to you what we do in the podcast is we basically we get together and we tell stories about whether it was our you know, younger years or what happened during the week or whatever, and we try to make it happen. And I, I, was, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, well, what better person to ask this than, than Mr. Keith Stubbs? The way we do it on the podcast, does that become a, a bit or not yet?
3: As far as what? Doing as, far,
0: as, far, as far as like, if I, if I say, well, you know what, I, I fell in the mud at work today, but if I work it, to where I make, because that's what we try to do on the on the podcast. We basically say our stories, but they're funny. Right. We make them funny, and we pull clips and make clips out of them just to show how funny they were. Right. Is that at that point is that a bit, or that's just a funny story? I
3: think it could be a funny story. You might be able to incorporate it. Are you talking about like doing it in stand up?
0: No, I'm talking about at that point that I st- that I tell my story and I and I tell it on a funny way. Uh uh-huh. Is that? Is that a bit at that point? Not that I'm planning on. It could be a bit, but if it's if it's a topical,
3: if it's a story that's like just a random story that today I did this and then the, this lady crossed the street and you whatever it is, yeah. you you tell stories like that. As far as it being considered a bit, I don't really know. It's right. It's just a anecdote, a story. Yeah. Uh, right. Kind of gets you to the next thing, but I think it's great to do that because you want to be. Yeah. I, I love. Like, when I see a comedian, I love seeing their flaws. I love seeing their honest reactions. Mm -hmm. I I don't like it so much, and this is just me. I don't like things that, where I see, where I feel like it may be a little rehearsed. Mm -hmm. Right. Like a whole lot rehearsed. I see. I love it when there's honest interaction, or an honest response, or, like, Mark Norman is great at that. He's a great example since he was just here. I mean, if a joke flies, if it doesn't fly, or if it's a new joke or whatever, you get his honest reaction. You can see yeah, yeah. he's like, "Oh, wow!" Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, so and just and like they also, they
0: also have like their little notes, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, let me see what's going." On. And I, we actually like that because, because once again, because we listen to these podcasts that are from comedians they always talk about oh I'm, I'm working on stuff I'm working on material uh-huh. so they just go out and basically expose it to people like us and then we're like oh that's funny and All they're right. like that's how they keep track of it I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guessing but he did it to me, it's like uh,
1: your favorite band goes up and they, hey, we got a new song we're working hey. on. Ugh. You know, you might hear it. Of course you yeah, want exactly. to hear it, you know, if you're a fan of this, this band or this individual. So to hear it, a lot of people might, uh, to me, I think that's great. You know, you're hearing the, the birth of something that could be great. That's so. the creative process. Right. So. And
3: boy, I tell you, there's nothing like having a joke, something you thought about and you've kind of worked it out and have it hit. Boy, when it hits, there's no better feeling than that. And it will probably it'll probably never hit like that ever again. Right. Like to that <laughs> level, because it was so real. And there was so much at stake, because you didn't know if it was really gonna get a laugh, or if it was gonna work. So when you deliver it, you are delivering with all you have. Right. And I believe that over time, many comedians, and not all, um, but it, the joke loses just a touch of what it had that first time. Because mm-hmm. that first time usually is like the best time. It may get <laughs> funnier, or you may have more punchlines added later on, but that first time that you hit it, right. because you're, you don't know if it's going to work either. Yeah, yeah. Like when you know a joke's going to work, I think you kind of take your foot off the gas a little bit because you go, oh, I got <laughs> this. Yeah, right. Here's my next five minutes. It's all going to hit. So you take it off a little bit. You're not giving that same... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gusto. Does that make sense? No, absolutely.
0: When was uh, when was the last time you bombed?
3: Um, Oh,
0: never. Oh, wow. No, 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 (laughs) no. I'm trying to think.
3: No, I've bombed so many times. I've had the worst gigs you've ever seen in your life. I've had worst circumstances. Uh, It's been a while since I bombed. Bombed. I've had situations. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you my most recent one. I uh, did a gig, it was a private gig for a big company here in in Utah, and it was at the Little America Okay, is where it was, (laughs) and it was in this banquet room. So they have this big banquet room, and right before I was going to go on, and I was back there with a guy who books it, who's a big politician guy. So (laughs) they honored these employees for their length of service. So I was in the back, they're going, okay, so now we're going to honor these people who have worked here for 45 years and everyone who worked for 45 years stood right. up and gave them a round of applause and they gave them a little gift. And then people have worked here 40 years. So it went all the way down, then five years you get whatever. So they did that and it was kind of, it felt to me like it was sucking the life out of the room, but whatever. <laughs> and the next thing that happened, they said, before we get going, we need to do a moment of silence. And they said the guy's name, oh. and his family was there, oh, no. and the guy was killed about a week before this. Oh, uh, no. So the family's there. It's, it's heart-wrenching. It's right. a horrible thing, and everyone's feeling horrible, <laughs> and I'm in the back and then you next come to red, have a good Mike, time. <laughs> and I go, I go, Mike, please tell me that I'm not up next. Please tell me this is. Welcome to the stage. And he He goes, and he said, that's exactly what's happening. Oh, man. And I said, okay. And I said, well, I've done this before because I've had that happen probably five or six times over the years. That type of thing. And I went up and did, hey, how's everybody? And just. Crickets. Oh, it was brutal. So it was brutal. And I was supposed to do 45, and I think I did like 25 oh, minutes. Oh, man. I bailed. I couldn't get out quick enough. It was horrible. But I got paid. It was one of those gigs that I got paid more money, like some of my top-paying gigs of my life. That was one of them. And that was one gigs, of those right? you know I earned every nickel of that right. That was a horrible gig. <laughs> it was set up horribly and I got paid and there's other gigs you do you go man I would do this for free yeah. but you're not getting paid for the good gigs. you're getting paid for the crap. Oh. So
1: also, I got paid for the crap nice. gig right. Also a fun story to tell after I that but nice. it, was,
3: it was tough <laughs> and, and know what's weird they thought the show was great. Oh. The people after, oh, that was great. I'm you, like, oh, this is miserable. Do
1: you think you were harder on yourself just because no. the environment you walked into? <laughs> no, they
3: were <laughs> overly nice. Oh. I was, it was as bad as anything, and I know that I'm right. I, <laughs> look, I don't have laugh ears. Laugh ears is when comics, they think they're hearing laughter and they're not. No, oh, okay. We call them laugh ears. So oh, if okay. someone thinks, hey, I just killed, it's like.
0: No, not really. Yeah. No, no. That's
3: we call those laugh ears. I, don't, I do not have laugh ears. Okay. So I hear, when, when it's silent, buddy, I hear the silence. Wow. I know what's going on. So these people said that it was great. It's like, nah, man, no dice. I know <laughs> so, it wasn't. But thank you for being kind. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: so you have three locations, right? West yeah. Valley, downtown, and Ogden. West uh, Jordan. West Jordan.
3: Yeah, yeah. What was the first one you opened? Well, it's, it's really a really long story, but the first club I opened was in 1996 in Ogden, and it was called Laughs. Laughs, right. See, and I,
1: I had been to laughs yeah. back, back in the '90s. Way um, back then, yeah, I was I was obsessed with a, com- a comedian, uh, Jim Dunlop, rest in peace. Um, and he used to go there every so often. Um, Jim, Jim Dunlop. Vic Dunlop? Vic. Excuse me. It's been Vic. 20-something years. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, he put the little fake things yes. in his eyeballs. Yeah. He was great. He ah! yell yeah. at you. He was funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. He passed away. Uh, he was really funny, and boy, what a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. Yeah, so that was my first location. And then um, after about three years, it was going well. After about three years, uh, I got married to my wife, who I'm married to right now, and uh We've decided to move to Seattle. She's from Seattle. Mm -hmm. So we moved there. I sold the club and then decided not to stay in Seattle. So opened Wise Guys here in Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. And then when laughs went out of business, my original club, when they closed it down for various reasons, I opened a Wise Guys there also across the street from where the old one was. So that's how Wise Guys came about was because I moved on. Right. and moved to Seattle briefly and that was it for that. So it was laughs where you went. Right. Mm-hmm. And then now it's Wise Guys. And I opened Wise Guys in 2001. Wow. Wow. And we're still in business, but it's been, you know, not just recently. it's a, it's a tough mm-hmm. tough road, man, with everything, you know, 9/11. Yeah. That we were barely open and then 9/11 happened. Like, oh man, no one knew what was going to happen in the world, right? That's right, remember that they shut everything
1: down. That's right. I
0: remember, uh, after 9 11 happened, I think it was uh, about a week after that. I remember that uh, iconic uh, episode of SNL when they had the mayor, and they say, and the mayor's like, I we want you guys to, uh, I guess guess it was Giuliani, right? Yeah, Yeah. "Yeah." we want you guys to open and, and. And the producer was like, well, can we be funny? And he's like, absolutely. You guys can be like, we need that. We need to, you know, we need to, you know, keep going. But there was a point
3: back then, I do remember, that it was like, we'll never laugh again. Right. It's never going to happen. No one will ever laugh again. And it's like, well, we ended up, and then... There was that feeling at the beginning of the pandemic too. It was right. like is this is anything ever going to be funny? It's right. like, oh yeah. There's plenty and how soon is too soon? It's like, yeah. right. well, I know one thing. Comics, there's no such thing as too soon. Right. The audience, that's yes. where you run into your the mm-hmm. blowback, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so I we went through 9/11 and then I had my radio show mm-hmm. while I was also had while I also had wise guys and that's how I survived. I had my radio money. So, I wasn't so dependent on an income from my business Mm -hmm. because it wasn't making money, it was actually losing money for a long time. But I was able to keep things together because I had a salary from the radio station, right? So, that's how that worked.
0: Yeah, it's funny how uh, we go because nobody knows exactly what what the club goes through when it comes like something like the pandemic, for example, Uh. and then. Um, you get to. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Like, the uh, pandemic? Yeah, like what, what exactly you went through. I know that there was a. So after Shop was here, he went to his podcast that is saying, I think you guys fixed the this stage. I what made the what? stage bigger. Yeah.
3: Um, so what happened is that on March 11th, Ari Shafir was here. Okay. Did you guys come see uh, Ari? Uh, we, we didn't know. come see
1: Ari. He's not a fan of Ari. <laughs> it,
3: it, it was a Wednesday night, and you like her Laker fan? Am I what? Are you a Laker fan? Is that why you don't? No, 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 no.
0: I just I never connected with (laughs) him. You know him and uh, I don't. I also don't connect with uh, Schultz. Schultz. He does. Yeah.
3: I don't know why. Oh, okay. Well, I love them all. And and Ari's great. And Ari's never been nothing but nice. But so that that night on March 11th, Ari was here. We were absolutely sold out. And as you know, we have TVs here at Wise Guys, and we had the Jazz game on. And then boom, it was versus Oklahoma City, and they took everyone off the court. And that was when covid thing became really like very real like we'd been hearing about it but we're right. like ah, this isn't right. gonna this never happens right mm-hmm. and then it did and then from that point on business dropped like a rock and then about a week later they said we're shutting everything down till march 31st and i thought uh oh, man it's over it's a business because i've got to shut down yet my bills continue Yeah, yeah still going. and um Of course, there's uncertainty, and everyone's freaked out, and no one wants to talk to each other, and everyone's keeping a distance from each other. And it was just nothing but weird. So during that time when we were shut down, I mean, every day I was hoping that they would change their mind and say, oh, guess what? It's gone. The coronavirus is gone. Everything's fine. And, of course, we know that didn't happen, but I was hoping for that. And I think many of us were. Um, So I spent time down here every single day during that we were close for a couple of months and uh it was two of the probably two of the toughest times that, that i can recall in my life because of the uncertainty and i've got a family and i've worked really hard i'm not looking for violins here by the way i'm just telling you the no. truth i worked really hard on this and everything i have is wrapped up into this so right. it's not like i've got someone else's money involved in this it's 100 percent me and my wife and um so it was very, very scary. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to lose everything that I have. I just signed a 10-year lease extension on this space right here, wow. like right before oh. the thing happened. So I'm on the hook for another just ton of money. So I came down every day, and one of the first things I did is I made the stage bigger. And I expanded the stage because I always thought the stage was a little small anyway. Mm -hmm. And then with the COVID, I wanted to make sure the comedians had more distance between them and where the audience is. So I hauled wood in the back of my Subaru from Home Depot. And I added to the stage and made other improvements at all three locations as I was hoping for a restart. And I did not know when that was going to be, but I had to do it daily because it was it was killing me wow. this was killing me it, wow. was, it was not easy um, wow. i brought it down i'm sorry to bring it down but that's, no, that's
2: no,
0: no, no. absolutely. It to to hear about it. That's what, that we actually like to hear that kind of stuff because you don't get to hear that on the radio. you know what it I mean? was so
3: tough and then so even when we were allowed to open up the first weekend that we opened we had a comedian here named bent washburn who's very funny and he lives out in dc mm. area and boy, there was nothing weirder than that because oh, wow. he's a great comic. But the people that did come to the show—you remember what it was like when you could first be around people? Oh, how yeah. tentative everyone was and right. fearful and "Don't yeah. kill me, right? I'm going to die." Remember <laughs> all that? Well, that's what it was like. And now, yeah. try to do a comedy show in that environment. Yeah. Everyone spread out and thinking—you know, not even knowing what we know now. Right? Which it's still. It's still here, but I feel like we know more right. than we did then. And man, it was just nothing but weird. It's gotten better as we go along, right. but it's been very difficult.
0: If you, if you had to do so after, so you've done TV, you've done uh, radio, you're a businessman, you've done a stand up uh, stockbroker or whatever. <laughs> if, if you had to do door to door salesman, if, if, yeah. people seller, <laughs> if you had to do one thing, if somebody says, "Hey, you're you know you're doing too much. Just one thing. What would it be? Stand up. Stand up.
3: No doubt about it.
0: Really nice. easy, easy.
3: So that's y- yeah. You would- that's no no doubt. I get more joy out of performing than I do anything. Mm-hmm. And that's why I enjoyed radio. I believe because I wasn't doing a ton of comedy, but I felt like when I was doing radio, I was at least communicating and trying to tell stories and be interesting. And I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that interaction. So even radio or a podcast is a nice." a nice way to connect with people even if it's not stand up it's different than stand up but it's also really good but no doubt about it yeah. stand up is my it would be my passion if there was a way for me to do that and not have to do the other things mm-hmm. that's what i would do but unfortunately the people have spoken <laughs> no one cares about my stand-up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> I'll just focus on
3: uh, I'll just focus on the nachos. <laughs> <laughs> By
0: the way, you guys have some bomb oh, ass. He will uh, not shut up about the pretzel. Oh, yeah,
1: the
3: pretzel. Uh, I went to the oh, podcast yeah. and I'm like, I
0: had Two plates last time we were eating. Did you?
3: The, did you have so the? Good. Did you have the beer cheese or the other cheese?
0: I don't know what it was. It's good. It's though. Brought me a cheese, but it was like I'm like I'm getting. And I think we're also a little <laughs> a little happy. We're like, the I'm wings, happy.
3: the food's outstanding here. Well, outstanding I think it's here. pretty good too. Yeah. I I've been to a lot of comedy clubs, and I didn't want our food to be horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this also went in Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. I do know right. that. So when I get people that complain about well, this food is so-so. I go, yeah, but how was the comedy? Because that's what we right. do. Right,
0: That's what we sell,
1: right? <laughs> it's like,
3: yeah, I, I, we have food. Now, if you hate the comedy, then to be honest with you, it's probably on you also. But no filet mignon? Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, you think this, yeah, what do you think this right, is? Yeah, yeah, right, right. This is going to be good food. It's going to be hearty. There will be plenty of it. <laughs> It'll be good. It's not going to be great. I never said the food was great, but the comedy's great. That's, yeah, right. that's what we do. So some people need to bring it down a notch. Right. But most people do enjoy the food.
0: Right. So you will take the road again. You will go out and...
3: Yeah, but look, <laughs> I did the road. I did the road a lot. And I've had I've worked with some great, great comics. Some are famous, and some are probably as funny as some of the famous. They just never mm-hmm. never hit it. But when I realized... That what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go comedically wasn't going to materialize. And when you have kids, Mm -hmm. I decided... I do have a business side to me. That's when I decided to pursue opening my own place so I would have a place to perform and a place... Because I love comedy and I love the business. So that's kind of how I brought those together. But ideally, it would be stand-up. But look, man, I was out on the road driving all over the place. In the snow, getting paid two hundred bucks to headline a gig in Missoula or Great Falls or <laughs> it's Minnesota, <laughs> Duluth. I, I've done gigs absolutely in every like crappy town <laughs> in the country, and the money was not great. I mean, you you make money once you get to a certain level, but before then, everybody's fighting for table scraps. It's not easy, and I was doing, I was fighting for table scraps and selling my cassette I had a cassette mm-hmm. that I sold I was like Master P I was selling them out of the trunk of my car <laughs> on the road Master me. P? <laughs> remember he was doing that he did that But Master that's what I was so I figured and I heard about Master P doing that so I recorded a show I did in Fullerton California down in Orange County I recorded a show I did and I had cassettes which you guys remember cassettes oh, right yeah. I had cassettes and I sold um, over 10,000 wow. of those over a couple of years while I was on the road in these gigs, I would do Spokane, Washington. I would do Boise. I would do Twin Falls. I, I would do out in New Orleans. And, at the, hey, you guys, you know got Comic Cell merch? Yeah. That yeah. was the merch that I sold. And I'm sure if you look on eBay, they're on there for yeah, like a I was going to say,
1: do you ever run into any of yeah, them? Do I you? Do. Yeah, I Yeah. Well, that's great.
3: <laughs> yeah. I bet if you look on eBay, I bet... Either that, or I've got also a CD out, a different one. So I bet, I bet you'll find, have seen them, and it is, so, I mean, 50 <laughs> cents, 25 cents. Oh, it's like, oh, that's my life's work. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey,
0: uh So you're uh, uh, LDS. Yeah. Right? You went to Ecuador. Yeah. Uh, how's your Spanish?
3: It's pretty good.
0: Is it? It's pretty good.
3: Not great. It's great in the kitchen. <laughs> In the kitchen. it's great. But I'll be honest with you. When I was a missionary and I was down in Ecuador, I spoke church Spanish. So all I knew was Spanish that was involved with being a missionary. Yeah. So I couldn't talk about anything else. It was pretty much dialed into one subject. (laughs) So that was it. So now I could probably talk about that. Yeah. But it's not really necessary in the kitchen with... You know, Victor so and Marco. Man, parents, just,
0: would you like to eat something? Have you read this book? <laughs> <laughs> how
3: about the word of God? <laughs> Boy, that was a long two
1: years. Wow.
0: What about uh, uh, going back to uh, LDS? I know you've heard this before. I've, I've seen videos of you asking you this question. You walked that fine line into kind of messing a little bit with the LDS kind oh, of life yeah. and style. Hey, and yeah. How do, you, how do you not get... In trouble? How do do you work so you're not? I
3: I know. I feel like I've got a good grip on um, my own sense of humor, and I got a good grip on what would set someone off, and I go right up to that edge. (laughs) I don't go past it. (laughs) You stand Um, on it, though. (laughs) Oh yeah, I do stand on it. And people that I know—I mean, I have a lot of people that come see me that are Mormon and they're active. And they go to church and they love what I do. Unfortunately, there's not enough of them, but there's some (laughs) that do enjoy what I do. So, no, it's not. I feel like I know what's going to set someone off. And I honestly, I'm not trying to set someone off. That's not me. There are some comics that that's what they want to do. And that is absolutely fine. That's not my game. Mm -hmm. But I will push it. Yeah. I will push it.
0: So where does Pound Cake come from?
3: Poundcake is.
0: You do know that without you can be a you can be an MMA fighter now.
3: Yeah, yeah. You want to know where the name poundcake came from? Yeah. Okay, I was in Southern California at the Ontario Mills Mall, <laughs> which is not far from San Bernardino and right. Rancho Cucamonga. Right, yeah. I was in there with my daughter Megan, and we were sitting in the food. This is a stupid story, by <laughs> the way. We were sitting in the food court my daughter Megan and myself and there were these guys walking around and man the pants hanging off the back of their butt and just looking hard and I told my daughter I go you know what man I said if I was a gang I said if I was a gangster I said my gang name would be Pound Cake <laughs> And that's that was it. it stuck. That was it. So I got, I, and she laughed, but she laughs at all my stuff because she loves yeah, me and she's right. very nice. But I thought Man, that she might buys, she busts your CDs. That and stuff. might be something, right? So uh, the next time on stage, I was doing something. I go, I'm pound cake, and it, it kind of stuck. So I would talk about it from time to time, and the name kind of stuck a little bit. But that's that's truly where it came from. Not that's much really, of a story. It, huh? That is it. That's wow. the whole thing. That's crazy. Pound cake. <laughs> it's
0: like okay. You really go by it, not really. No, right? no, it's
3: no, just no, a, no, 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 no. I don't go by. I don't know what I go by. <laughs>
0: Welcome, okay. ladies and gentlemen. Pound yeah, cake. Pound
3: <laughs> yeah, there's people that do know me as that. Really? Like, hey, pound cake. Like, oh. well,
0: the first time that I've seen you, this must have been 2001, 2002 in the West Valley. Okay. One of my best friends. Uh, it was, this is the first time I've been there, and he said, "Oh." Keith he's gonna be here And he's my favorite And I I'm Brand new to the city And then I go to this comedy club And then you You came out And there's like Everything about Pancake pound cake. Pound cake. I'm like oh, This guy is funny <laughs> But then you started Which I have never seen that again You started making Comedy out of Something I think you were making Comedy out of Just a comment like I mean I don't wanna take you Bit away, but you were like, "Do you imagine being an egg in the
3: fridge?" Oh yeah, and then
0: you just went off on that, and I was just like, "Yeah, that is like the simplest yeah, thing to think weird. about, and yet it's so funny."
3: Yeah, that, that was where I do remember that. There was a phase. It was one of my phases. <laughs> you go through phases in comedy, <laughs> I guess. I did.
0: So you didn't do that anymore. You like, uh, do I mean, You don't, you don't no, take that no, kind no, of a bit? Like
3: when I performed a couple weeks ago, no, I didn't. I don't do anything You're past like that. The food at all.
0: phase, right?
1: Well, now. I,
3: I'm, <laughs> it's like I, I'm not saying I may not go back to it, but now I, I don't do that anymore. Right? I think you just kind of. I think a lot of comics, once again, not all, but a lot of comics <laughs> You kind of evolve. It's like, hey, this guy's not the same as he was 10 years ago. It's like, well, thank goodness. Yeah, right. Thank goodness he's evolving some and not the same The same thing. Everybody, right. you hope, gets better right. the more they perform. But there are people that get worse the more they perform. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's sad. <laughs> yeah. That is sad when you go, wow, I remember when that cat was funny. Yeah. And now it's just... Just and pu- I don't think it's my opinion. I just think it's like something happened. maybe they
1: just punching it in and
3: yeah or maybe yeah they stopped writing yeah they stopped caring. they're kind of on autopilot maybe right. I, or, I don't know or maybe didn't keep up with where life is.
0: Right. is. Is comedy something you you retire from or is something you always have? is something I mean you probably just do less of?
3: Well, you know I don't think a lot of people want to see old people on stage. <laughs> I think that <laughs> What do you
0: mean? <laughs> look at Carlin?
3: I know. There's, there's always an exception, but there's a whole lot of other people that I know that are my age that people want the, the – everyone it's, – it's a young man's game. Everything's a young man's game. And I say young man, I mean young woman too. Right. It's, that's just life. That's just how things go. So now coming to grips with that is not easy. Mm-hmm. Coming to grips with where you are in your life and that guess what? nobody cares right they don't care about right. you anymore I mean they care you can go well what about this guy well once again there's always an exception so
1: the show must go on but right?
3: realizing and coming to grips with I guess uh, I guess my time is come and gone and it hurts and you yeah. have to we have to work that out I'm past that now right but for a while there at when you're at that place, it's not easy, man.
1: But you set yourself up to always be around this environment. Something you've always yeah, Yeah, loved, yeah, and so. I enjoy
3: it and to be honest with you, it's hard for me to perform here because once again I'm the guy that if someone's offended they come yell at. <laughs> or if they don't like their nachos, they come yell at. And then if I was to suddenly appear on stage they go, Didn't that guy didn't I just yell at him about my nachos? And now he thinks and then it's like, Oh now, now he and now he thinks he's a comedian. It's like, No, I, don't, I, I am a comic, but you don't know that I'm a comic because I'm the guy over there, yeah, right? You know, so it's kind of a weird position. So, I, I think I performed here, twice. Really, on stage. Wow. And we've been open almost five years at this location. Oh. wow. So, not as that's not what I was planning on. <laughs> I was planning on doing more, <laughs> but. It just what didn't you doing then? Here,
0: pick it up again, or?
3: Oh, I'll do it, other places, mm-hmm. but. This is the hardest place. Oh really. Right? Right. Because there's more going on here than even at the Jordan Landing location or the Ogden location. We have more happening here just because it's a bigger facility. Right. There's the kitchen, all that that like the Ogden Club's great. My wife runs that club mm-hmm. and I know that I can I have to kind of pick the week that I'm gonna not be here at the gateway and then go do shows, not worry about what's happening here, and then not have to worry what's happening there either, because my wife's running it. So then I can Relax and just do my thing. Right. But I have to find those times. Right. So, as far as private gigs, those are normally during the week. So, I do do those, just people don't see them unless you happen to be there.
0: Right. What about what determines? Uh where the guest is going to be. Like if there's someone famous, for example, and we'll get, you know, kind of getting into like how the business runs a little bit and we'll go as deep as you want to go. But when someone famous, for example, comes here, what determines whether he's here or, or uh, West Jordan, South Jordan or...
3: Uh um, I just try to use a strategy as far as booking goes to not be not to duplicate what I have in one club as another, so oh, okay. people go, oh, okay, you have Shane Gillis this weekend, for example, so he's a certain type of comedian mm. and he's going to be here, so what would be way different than Shane? It's like, okay, well, Jenna Jones, she's going to be a joint. so someone that's looking to go see a show, they have, it's not like two Shane Gillises. Mm, I see,
0: gotcha,
1: There's one. gotcha. so it
3: kind of <laughs> breaks things up and kind of, it, it's more of a variety, so mm-hmm. that's, Partially my strategy.
0: And the the person that goes and performs in Ogden, do they stay in these hotels here, or they go no,
1: somewhere no, up they there? No, they stay
3: up there, up there. Yeah.
0: So other
1: than the comedians that you book here, and uh, there's, I mean, you go through the list, and it's months and months in advance. Um, open mics. How often do you do the open mics here?
3: We do it every Wednesday, every it's Wednesday night, which you can see people coming in. Uh, the way this works is that people send an email in. And then we pick about forty comedians to be to be able to perform because um, we can't put everyone up because right. there truly is right. a, there are a lot of people and we want to make sure that some people aren't you know left in the dust that they get their opportunity to get on stage. So tonight there'll be about forty comedians. They each do three minutes. We have a host, and it's a really good open mic. I mean, that- there, are, there are, oh yes, this is a good open mic. I've, we've had bad open mics, but this one is good, and I've performed at many bad ones. And uh, open mic's tough, because it's yeah. really for the comics. Right. It's not for, like most audience members don't come to open mics, because this is, this is the ugly side. This is where you're seeing, to, to me, comedians that are really good, when it's open mic, they don't look as funny as they are. And there are comedians that aren't that good or they're new that look better than they are in open mic. It kind of, it's like an equalizer. So the good ones don't get the credit they deserve. And the ones that are new or they, they probably come off maybe a little better than they really are. So it's weird. But right. this is a good, and I, and I want a supportive open mic. Comedians can get really catty and be jerks to each other. And a lot of strong personalities and a lot of narcissism. So, but I want to keep a good vibe so that people want to come back. And I'll tell some comics, because some comics are jerks to other comics. I'll say, man, look. I said, you're being jerks to that guy. I said, that guy is probably a fan of yours. And that's probably why he's even here right now. And you're taking a dump on him on stage because he's trying comedy for the first time. Yeah, and he'll probably never be a fan of yours again because the way you shredded him his first time on. So yeah. I said, just, it's okay. Just yeah. be nice. Just be nice. And if it's not your cup of tea, no big deal. Right. But don't be a jerk. Right. Because, man. We all
1: started somewhere, right?
3: Everyone started. And boy, there's nothing tougher than doing it, especially when you're new. There's nothing. It makes your stomach just.
0: Is, is the process still the same uh, as a person that uh, that is starting, like, doing the open mic? Is it still the same do you have to come and try it out try it out maybe be a door guy or whatever and then just little you know little by little grow or is something that you for example you go do you feel like you have a little bit of a responsibility to say oh that guy is going somewhere right and bring it into maybe to open for someone else or
3: that that is how it works so I'll watch tonight I'll watch a good amount not all of them <laughs> but I'll watch a good amount and I try not to give too much advice because mm-hmm. I don't want to overdo that. I have opinions, but unless someone wants advice, I don't really do it because I don't want to... I mean, I don't know where they're headed in their right. brain and I don't want to mess that up. Also, some people, are, I don't need any help. It's like, okay, that's that's all right. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, everyone wants to do their own thing. So, But there are comics that'll say, that was great. Try this. or oh, that was perfect. Or do you want to come open for this other show and do three minutes? Just do three minutes. They go, oh, can I... I, I can do ten. It's like let's just do three. Let's see how three goes, because it's not three. Sounds like nothing. Yeah, but yeah. When you have a regular audience like you guys, paying money to go see a show, you're you're paying to see a show. You're not paying to see some yeah. guy up there pounding dirt. You you want right. to see a real show, and right. so I can't put people that aren't ready on the show, right. even though I do. But I hopefully put them in a position where they'll succeed. You know, where they'll flourish. And, and I,
0: I think, I'm, I, in a way, three minutes, it'll be more of a nerve-wracking kind of situation than, than 10 minutes, right? Because if you know that you're bombing, you say, well, I have this many jokes that I can cover this with. But if you only have three minutes, you have to put your best stuff. And if you, out of your 10 minutes, you have to decide, oh, this is better than this. Yeah. So I think, to me, like, if you tell me, go do three minutes, to me, that's more. I'm, I'll get more nervous if you to say, oh, you got 10, go ahead and do 10 minutes. Someday. Yeah,
3: there's people, though, that that they want to do. Well, people need to get to know me. T- I'm a storyteller. This is what I'll hear. I'm a storyteller. I need more time. It's like, <laughs> that's
0: what I was saying. I, I, I'm <laughs> known for dragging it's my like, story. Tell your
3: story shorter. <laughs> grab the punchlines, put those in there, and, and let's go. Because what I'll also tell comedians, like, open mic is very, it's a good open mic. People are very supportive for the most part. An audience on the weekend does not care who you are. Right. They just want to laugh, they're right. not your friend. And I'll tell these guys, they want to hear it, but I'll say, these people do not know you, they don't care who you are, and they are not your friends. Open mic, you got people being supportive and clapping, which is good, right. which is a, a good environment. But the regular shows, those people don't care. Right. So you better go up and get them done. And if you think that you're gonna get the same response you got at open mic, You'll be surprised. You probably won't. So you better go up, be a pro, and, and knock it out. Because these people, that's what, this is their Saturday night. Killers this is their Friday killed, night. Right. Their expectations are higher than they are for open mic.
0: Right. Have you, without saying names, obviously, have you banned somebody? Ever?
3: No. No. No, there's people that I don't like. But Do they know? <laughs> um, <laughs> We're not. We, dude, I'm just... No, you they, don't have to say
0: names just, I don't
3: No I don't I don't say I really don't get involved In that stuff really? I really don't There's people That will be here tonight That'll be People that You know But it, uh, Once again Who am I to judge It's different mm-hmm. str- I let them go up But I probably won't Put them on Other shows mm-hmm. Like Some of the bigger shows That I have coming Right in. Hmm.
0: You have, uh, there's an interview that I saw of you saying you opened for uh, John Rivers. Mm-hmm. We have a picture of John Rivers here in Pryor and Garland. Uh, Carling, sorry. Uh, what are the, uh, the other legends that they're not here with us anymore that you've opened for?
3: I opened for Gaffigan. He's still Well,
0: he's still He's here. still
3: alive. You know what people that have died that I've opened for? Yeah. Um, Joan... That's probably it. Joan, Gaffigan? Salt I opened for Salt and Pepper.
0: <laughs> 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 okay, but now, so living legends, so Gaffigan.
3: Oh yeah, a lot of yeah, the legend living Legends. Like, I open for a lot of country artists because I was doing oh, really? country radio. So I've done oh. big rodeo comedy type things and you know. I opened for Salt and Pepper in Sacramento. That was horrific. That, wow. could not, that could not have gone worse.
2: Wow. And this was
3: during Shoop. This was, this was 94, something like that. This was, this was that. This was hockey jerseys. Oh, this yeah. This was Cinderella. Oh. And what happened? I was in Sacramento, and I was headlining the comedy club there. And at the Cal Expo in Sacramento, they were doing a big music festival headlined by Salt Salt and and Pepper And Teddy Riley and Blackstreet were on the show and Jaune and remember Tag Team? Whoop, there it is. They were on the show and they opened and closed with the same song. That's how bad that was. They had they I think they had two songs and they did three and two of them were the same. So they yeah, it was it was unbelievable. But that being said, so I did a radio show that morning to promote my show, and they go, "Man, you would be great on this show. We got to get you out here." So they said, "I said, well, what do you want me to do? We want you open for Salt and Pepper because after the other band's done, there's some downtime. So you'll go and do about ten minutes right before Salt and Pepper.'" And I said, "Yeah, that's great." So how much? Two hundred bucks and a concert T-shirt. So I go. Done deal. Middle of the <laughs> afternoon, two hundred bucks, uh, salt and pepper Tour t-shirt, and they introduced me. And I've got pictures. The um, a friend of mine was backstage taking pictures of me on as I was walking out onto the stage, and there were people doing the big thumbs down oh, <laughs> no. as I was walking out to the. So I did not have a chance before I even did my first joke. I was getting boo. <laughs> So I, I got through it. Pound I didn't K- do ten Koo? minutes. Of, but I did like two minutes. Oh really? I, I bet I did too. And still got paid though. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? <laughs> I would rather you keep the money and me not have to work that out. <laughs> right. Because boy, you got the stink of a bad show on you until you oh, man. have another show. Yeah. I, until you can kind of cleanse the palate with a new one, that one just weighs on your soul. And it was it was horrible. Wow. All I did was I would do a joke. <laughs> it would get no laughter. Like, zero laughter. And then I would say, hey, you guys excited about seeing salt Peppers? salt Peppers here. They're in the house. salt Peppers in the house. Yeah, yeah. And people cheer. And then I would go back into some of my Horrible material, get nothing. (laughs) And I'd go, all right, this here one more time for (laughs) Teddy Riley and Blackstreet. Yeah, weren't they great? Weren't they great? And then I would try another, and I tried three different jokes. (laughs) Oh, you should
0: have done the first one, the last one, the same one. (laughs) Just like
3: Teddy. And it was miserable. Really? But, you know, they were nice. <laughs> I don't think they realized how bad it was for me. I, I really don't think they even. I don't think it even fazed Didn't even comprehend them. them right? <laughs> but for me, it was devastating. Right.
0: <laughs> I like how I said legends. It's like John Rivers, Son Pepper.
2: <laughs> I know.
3: No, I've opened for all these weird. It's uh, yeah. Let me think. I did two shows with Jim Gaff again here at the. Oh, uh, I worked for like Foxworthy, Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, wow. So I've done s- shows with some really big people. Uh, weird Al. Open for him. Wow. In Texas. Wow. Yeah. I know it's weird. I was on the road. It was the same thing. I was on the road doing another gig. He was playing this big venue. He needed an opener.
0: (laughs) They called me. I thought you were going to say accordion.
3: (laughs) But I walked out, and there I was. There I was with uh, Mr. Weird Al. He was great. Wow.
0: You must have a bunch of stories and dirt on people. (laughs) It's a weird life. Wow. It's amazing. But it's good. Well, listen, man, I don't know how much time you have, but I do have something for you. Um, Holy smokes Look There it is Yeah That's why So I, I know you sign Every single one of them But Did I sign this one? But uh, you probably Sign all of them
3: The cake The but cake I'm a, <laughs> Golly
0: Look at but me I want to need you To say something for us And this is going to Stay in our studio
3: Great we This all,
0: is crazy we, we just have a Can you tell us A little bit about this Or funny stories Or
3: No you know No okay Well no not more Not really I it was <laughs> It was funny. I sold a few of these. These sold. But now, where'd you get this? Did you get this? I bought
0: it at at, uh, West Valley.
3: How much did you pay for it? Do you know? I don't know. (laughs) It was probably 10 bucks. I think it was 10. Right. I I couldn't be more, a penny more than 10. I I may have been doing them for five. (laughs) I just want to get the volume. That's what I'm going, we, going after we volume. We just want you
0: to write something for us, whatever it oh, is. Whether Should it's I like get out of my or No, yeah, yeah whatever. No, yeah, right. I like I said, we don't know how much time you have, so I know there's people coming in. I
3: got to wrap. Well, yeah. How long have we been doing this? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. How no, we're we, good. We
0: did uh, over an hour. <clears throat> we can, we um, can wrap it up. We know you're busy, man. Hey, I hate to do this to you, but this is kind of a signature of the, of the show. We have to ask the guests. Everybody we ask Everybody asks. If it's a guy, we have to ask you. Who's your man crush?
3: Like who do I think's hot? You mean? Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> besides us, Faith Hill. Well, that's, man. that's a that's a gal. We need a man. Man
1: crush. Oh, a man crush. That's a man. Oh,
3: Pierce Brosnan. Like, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good <laughs> one. That's one, a one. One good one? <laughs> Faith
0: Hill's husband, Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. You know what? No,
3: I interviewed. No, the reason I say that is I interviewed her, uh, Faith Hill. Was she um, hot? She was so hot. Oh and man. I Can think, you imagine? And I told my wife, I, said, I think she liked me." How did she smell? Um, well, I didn't smell her, but we were oh. right—we were as close as we oh. are right now. And, man, she was looking at me. I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. I want some of
0: that pound
2: cake, huh?
3: <laughs> <laughs> She was very nice. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. But, um, yeah. So my man crush would be uh, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce I don't know Brosnan. why. Pierce Brosnan. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Bond. huh? Bon. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you so much for inviting us to be here. Maybe next time we'll do it in our studio. Okay. Right? Yeah. And uh, we can't thank you enough. Thank you, Adam, thanks so much for having, having us guys. Thank you, we appreciate we this blast. This means a lot to both of us yeah. so. I really appreciate it if you it too. If there's any time You want to say something You want to announce something You can just come down to the studio Let me know And we'll set it up Or we'll come here okay. We're more than welcome and That sounds so, great right. Yeah If well, you want to send comedians On our way It'll be awesome <laughs> Stand up, you know Like With a bright future When do you guys record? We usually record Friday nights
1: Friday nights But I mean We have the studio And we're five minutes away So Yeah we're literally A couple
0: blocks away So
3: Okay Yeah yeah. I'm sure I can hook you up With some stuff
1: Uh, Oh
0: yeah Well you should let us know Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. it, sir. Thanks anything for else you want to say? No, I'm good. Thank
3: you, sir. Hey, make sure whatever pictures you post, make sure you got a good angle <laughs> and Photoshop it and make me not Do look like hair on did. you. Yeah. Oh, gosh. No kidding. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> no
0: kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking that way. That's I well, well, shout yeah. out
1: to Dre. The yeah, behind shout out to
0: thank Dre. Thank you so much Thanks for helping for taking us out. Care Shout out of us to our uh, From Scratch, our sponsor, and anything else you want to say, dude? No, I'm good, man. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody, for hanging out with us. And until next time. Take care of yourselves out there, and we will see you on the other side of the beehive. Peace.
3: Great. Thank you.